Hi, and welcome to the Becca's Teacherpreneur Academy podcast. This podcast is a place for teacherpreneurs to come and get insight, ideas, inspiration, and lots of practical advice. My name is Becca, and my goal is to make your life a little bit easier by taking some of the stress out of being a teacherpreneur. So we have very specific practical advice that you can take and implement today to start seeing more results in your business. So if you're interested in that, then grab a cup of coffee and let's get to it. Today we're talking about blogging. Are you excited? Because I'm excited. It's going to be great. Let's go. All right, friends. So one of the biggest questions that I have gotten recently is Becca, how do I start a blog? 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 So today we're answering the question. I do have a blogging playlist you can check out for more blogging tips, but I think this is the first one that I've actually sat down and been like, okay, here's how you start a blog. So I will link that down below. But other than that, let's hop right on in. We're going to talk about five different things. Number one is what you need. Number two is how often you should blog. Number three is what should you write about? We're going to come up with a ton of ideas. You're going to be like sick of ideas. You have too many ideas. Number four is how to get traffic. And number five is a couple of reminders before you head out on your own, like a bird leaving the nest. So here we go. What do you need to start your blog? The short answer is that you need two different things. Number one is you need a domain. Your domain is just your URL. It's a fancy name for URL. Let's be real. And that is like your real estate. That is what you own and it is your website. So you need to buy your domain. These tend to be fairly cheap. You can get them at different prices, usually about $15, I want to say, depending on what it is. Now, that being said, if your domain you're looking for is one that either like somebody else owns or it previously was used, they could be very expensive. My first incarnation of Becca's Music Room was something else that was like $700. And I was like, no, no friends, no, no. So instead of we went with Becca's music room and it was 15 and we were, we've been happy ever since. Definitely check it out. And if you don't like the price of the first one, check a couple of different things. I'm going to recommend SiteGround for buying your domain. I actually own three domains currently. Becca's music room is from, I want to say GoDaddy, but the other two I purchased off SiteGround and I definitely prefer that because it makes life easier because the second thing you need is your hosting. Hosting is who actually like makes your blog posts be on the internet. Unless you are a coder, which I am not, you will need to have hosting because this is like how it actually looks like a website. So there's been a lot of talk recently about Squarespace, mostly because they're sponsoring like all of YouTube, which is extremely annoying. It's like every single person I've subscribed to, but I personally have WordPress for all of mine. I like WordPress. I suggest WordPress. It's been around for a longer time and it's quite easy to use. Again, I haven't used Squarespace, so I don't know. I would recommend WordPress. So I have WordPress through SiteGround and SiteGround is who I use it for both my domains and my hosting. I've had really, really good experiences with them. I've had Becca's Music Room for like four years now. Has it been that long? I don't know. And I only ever had like one issue and that was kind of my fault. There was like a minor problem and I tried to fix it and I made it worse. So definitely suggest you don't do that, first of all. Secondly, I do recommend SiteGround. Their customer service is really great, which is super helpful. If you ever do have a problem, it's really great to do that. They're not sponsoring this video, but I do have an affiliate link I will leave down below. Full disclosure, if you click it and purchase your hosting there, I do get a little commission. 
no pressure, you don't have to, you don't even have to use them. You can use whatever you want, it's your business, so you do you. But that being said, there are also some free hosting things, like I know Blogger used to be a big thing, I don't even know if it's still around. Um, honestly, I would not go the free route. It's just my two cents, I would just always rather own it myself, so that's my personal opinion on the matter. You can do whatever you want. I will also leave a link below to the playlist of blogging videos. One of them is actually specifically about hosting and free versus paid hosting and all that stuff. So if you have any questions, you can go and watch that video. So once you have your stuff all set up, which again, you can click the link down below to get that free email series that will like walk you through everything. Then you want to post some blogs. So a big question I get is how often should you blog? I would recommend between one and four times a month. So either once a week, once every other week, or once a month. The main thing I would say is to make sure you're consistent. Blogs are not like YouTube or like Instagram where it like really matters when you post. However, I would say to post consistently because one, that's just gonna help you to get better at it. Two, it's gonna make sure that you actually have enough posts because you will be posting. And three, it's just like all around better. Like it's just, let's be real. You need to be consistent. Woohoo, I just made $3. So one to four times a month. I like to do um, every week on Becca's music room, on Becca's Bible class. I do every other week. You could do twice a week, but that sounds really stressful. So I wouldn't suggest it. But a lot of people do once every other week or once a month and it is totally fine. So the point is that you're consistent and you are creating content so that you keep creating content so that you, you know, keep putting effort into that, working on that investment. And all of those blog posts end up creating passive income as you go. So the more you make blog posts, the more blog posts you have, the more links you have it going over to your TPT shop, the more chances you have to be found in search, the more chances you have. So definitely recommend to be consistent at least once a month, but as much as you think you can handle would be the best thing to do. Now, what do you actually write? Ugh, this is a question I often get also. I also have a video that's specifically talking about this and that is on the blogging playlist, so definitely go check it out. But people are always like, Becca, how do you not run out of ideas? The short answer being I have so many ideas, too many ideas, too many ideas. I'm looking at the stack of my books over here that I have written. It's only three, but that's three since like last summer. That's a lot. Anyway, um, so we're gonna go through a couple of different places where you can find what you should write about. Number one is gonna be questions that you get asked. So if you have social media and people are asking you questions, start there. Now, I always used to hate when people said this because I was like, I don't have anybody on social media and no one's asking me questions. I have like three people and one of them's my mom. Just kidding, my mom's not on Instagram. But if you are like that, one thing you can do is to go to like Facebook groups and see what people are posting in Facebook groups. So I'm a member of quite a few elementary music Facebook groups. Sometimes they make me want to die because they're annoying, but sometimes they're really helpful for when I need some ideas and I want to see what people are interested in and what they are asking about. Just go in, read a couple of them. If something pops up more than once, definitely write that down and just write down maybe like 10 ideas off of there. Number two is just to go through your last couple of weeks and think like, what were my favorite things? What are some things that we did that were really great, that were really fun, that I think that other people should do too. You definitely wanna include all those things that you think were fun and that other people should do too. 
Most of my blog posts are just lessons that went really well, that I really enjoyed, that my kids really enjoyed, and that they learned well in. Number three is something that you're good at. So if you ever have teachers that are complimenting you about your classroom management, or they're complimenting you on how great your bulletin boards look, or at how fun that lesson was, then definitely add those things to your blog post. If someone is complimenting you on it, it usually means that most people aren't doing that. So if you know it, share that knowledge, then that will help a lot. The next one is roundups. So a roundup is a post that talks about a couple of different things within like a category. So maybe that's like your favorite lessons for similes or metaphors or your favorite science experiments or your favorite ways to teach half note. Those kind of things can be really helpful because you can talk about a variety of different things. You can include some products that people can purchase. You can also include some free things and people get a lot of value out of those. I also find that people are more likely to click on these than they are for individual lessons. I think because it's easier to be like ideas for half note versus like teaching half note in this one particular way. That would never be a title for your blog, but you know, here we go. So you can do roundups that are related to your product. So maybe if you have a really good product, maybe a bestseller. I, for example, just posted a um, Google Slides lesson all about meter, which is how rhythms are distributed through music in measures and like the numbers that you see at the beginning of a piece of music, that's time signature, that's all a part of meter. And so I am adding to my list that soon I want to make a blog post about ways to teach meter because this is something I didn't know how to do. I really had to put some effort and thought into it this year in particularly to make sure that I was teaching it efficiently. And so in that blog post, I will talk a lot about that product, but I will also come up with a couple of other ideas that I can share with people, some that are free, some that are paid so that they have a variety and everyone's getting a lot of value out of it. You could also do just like your favorites. So one thing I like to do is my favorite books for particular holidays or seasons or stuff like that, or my favorite songs to use for first grade, or you know, for you, that could be your favorite games to use in math centers or just whatever, but just your favorites, whatever's. The last one is to go based on some of your products. So if you have products that are like lessons, this is the perfect place to go because you can give a lot of this away for free. I often do this with my lesson products if I have like a Google Slides lesson. So for example, for that meter lesson, if I wanted to do that in a blog post by itself, then I could sit through and talk about the process, talk about like first we did this and then we did this and then we did that. And then I can say, if you would like, you know, everything in a nice pretty package and you don't want to have to make any Google Slides yourself, you can click here to purchase the biggest like incentive to buy them is that when you buy them, you don't have to spend the time making the manipulatives or making the Google Slides products or all those different things. So I am perfectly fine giving away the entire process, the entire lesson, and just holding back on that, like the actual Google Slides. They can do it without the product, but they can also purchase the product and make life like 50,000 times easier. I know that some people would not be comfortable giving that much of their lesson away or that much of their product away, but personally, that's how I feel about it. I'm like, I would like you to have the lesson whether or not you buy the visuals. And I find that usually a lot of people purchase off of those posts because they understand the lesson so well that they already know what to expect before they purchase it. All right, we're going to move while we talk about traffic. So what you need to get traffic to your blog. It's not like Instagram where you can just kind of show up and do some hashtags and hopefully some people will find you. Blogging, it takes a little bit more effort, but it is so worth it. 
so worth it. So for your traffic, you need to, oh, I took the thing off this table now. It looks really bare. Let's move you over here. Am I sideways? I don't know. For traffic, there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. Number one is gonna be SEO. So the SEO stands for search engine optimization. And basically this just means connecting your content with the people typing things into Google. I have a whole video all about SEO in like really simple, easy to use for beginners at terms. So you can click the link down below to check that out. But basically what you want for SEO is that you want to think about what people are searching for as you're writing your content. So if I was making that lesson about meter, then and I would want to include words that people might be searching for that would help them find that. So I might wanna include things like meter lesson or third grade rhythm lesson or time signature for elementary music and those kind of things that people are actually typing into Google. If you're talking about reading centers, then you're gonna wanna include words like reading centers. However, the more saturated a certain um, area is, so like reading centers, there's a lot more people searching for reading centers than there are searching for time signature lessons. So if you are in one of those niches and you're making a post that's a little more broad, I would narrow it down. So instead of just like reading centers, like kindergarten reading centers for spring or something like that to make it like a to make it more specific that way it's easier to get found in search because you're not just in this like humongous vat of people who all have a very similar blog posts even if the content's different the title's sim similar you want to put those keywords and the long tail yeah like the whole phrase <laughs> in your title you want to put it in the url so in like the after so after like becca's music room.com slash like the after the slash part you want to put it in the meta description which is the thing down at the bottom where you tell what it's about you want to put it in the um you want to put it in the description of your pictures you want to put it in the beginning of your post and throughout your post in your headings all those good things to make sure that Google knows what you're talking about. That's the whole point of SEO is that Google needs to know what your post is about so that it can send people to your post. If Google is confused, you won't get any, any traffic. SEO is great. And I wanted to start with this one because number one, it's free. Number two, Google is still a huge traffic driver. And number three, that's something that like long-term will stay pretty much the same. If you have a WordPress website, then I would definitely recommend installing the plugin Yoast SEO. I'm sure they have a paid version, but I've only ever used the free version and it is amazing. Like I got this off of someone's recommendation off a random article I read four years ago and I'm so glad I got it because I didn't know anything about SEO. I had no idea what it was and Yoast would literally give me colors like green, this is great, yellow like it's eh, and red like oh no you need to fix it. And so you and it will tell you exactly what you need to fix in order for your blog to rank better. And I know it works because actually someone at my school found my blog because they happened to type in like Hispanic heritage music and my blog showed up on the first page of Google. I was like, "Heck yeah." That's amazing because I have a blog post all about Hispanic heritage month music lessons. So there we go. Now, along with that, I will say the biggest driver of traffic to my website is Pinterest. I know some people aren't a fan of Pinterest, but I would highly recommend you check it out. It's basically a visual search engine. So Pinterest likes pictures. It likes vertical pictures that link to your blog and that are helpful. 
Also right now, Pinterest is loving videos and story pins. If you have access to those, definitely check all those out. Pinterest is going through an algorithm change, so people are kind of bad mathing it, but it's still the biggest driver of traffic to my website. And my website is one of my biggest drivers of traffic to my store, which means that indirectly Pinterest is getting me a lot of money, which I very much appreciate Pinterest. So I will link some videos about Pinterest down below. We're gonna have a lot of links. I hope I remember them all. If I miss a link, please let me know in the comments because I'm and the third way to drive more traffic to your blog post is to build your audience. So that means email lists, social media, all those good things. The more people you can kind of gather around you, the more people you can send to your blog posts. Full disclosure, it's gonna take a little while. All of these, frankly, blogging is gonna take a little while, but this one is gonna take a little while to get more people on your social media, get more people on your email list and all that kind of stuff. But it very much compounds. Like people come to your blog and then sign up for your email list and then you send them back to your blog and it just, it's like, just, it's a whole cycle. It's a whole thing. So definitely work on that and check that out. And if you don't have any social media yet, it's okay. It'll happen. I promise. All right. Before we go, I have a couple, is it five? No, I have four reminders for you before we leave. And these are just things that I want you to keep in mind as you are doing your blog. Ooh, should we get the plant in the background? There we go. Four different reminders. Number one is to serve first. This is so important. Nobody wants to come to a blog where the person is obviously just trying to get them to buy something. You want to really serve first. So that means when you create your content, don't think like, oh, I need to create this content because it's going to make me money. Create the content because people need the content. Just like how I talked about how I give away my entire lessons for free and the only thing I hold back is the actual visuals if you want to purchase them and you can do it without purchasing them. That is because I am here to serve first. I want you to have the lesson, even if you can't afford or don't want to pay for the product that goes along with it. You are welcome to spend the, you know, six or seven hours I spent on my product making yours. That is fine. I want you to have the lesson regardless because my whole reason for blogging, and I actually started as a blogger and not as a teacher's pay teacher seller. So my whole reasoning behind blogging was I don't see enough content. I don't see enough lessons. I don't see enough ideas that are out there that are free and easily accessible for music teachers who, by the way, get taught like nothing about how to teach music in their undergrad. That's a subject for another day. But the point is that my goal is always just to get content in your hands, to get lessons in your hands, to get ideas in your hands. I want to make life easier for you by taking some of that stuff off. So I don't want it to be prohibitive, even though I do need to make money because I put a crap ton of work into all of this, but I still want you to be able to get the content without it. That's one way that I serve first. So every time you approach something, don't think like, oh, what's going to make me the most money? Think, you know, what's going to be the most helpful? What are ways that I can help people? And when you genuinely want to help people, people pick up on that and they understand it. And then they are able to like you more and they're more likely to come back and they're more likely to join your email list. Like Tolly likes me. And so she keeps coming back for more. Hello. Do you know anything about blogging? No, but I know how to sit. She usually sits right here and I sit right here while I blog at four o'clock in the morning. Just kidding, it's like six o'clock in the morning. Anyway, 
number two goes along with that and that's just don't be slimy <laughs> so don't like make a blog post that kind of implies that people are getting something that they're not especially if you're trying to sell something come at the selling from a serve first perspective and don't be you know kind of ooey gooey about it all right number three is be consistent so the reason that consistency is important is again it's not gonna like help you with the algorithm like in other places but consistency is going to lead to you having more blog posts it's going to lead to your audience being able to rely on you more and it just it's gonna help you it's gonna help you because you're gonna have more blog posts you have more chances to be found in search you have more chances to be found on pinterest you have more chances for people to find you because of what they need and you're also gonna get better at it if blogging is just like anything else if you're not practicing it's going to be harder i do this like crazy batching for my blog posts now and i didn't originally do this but i write four months worth of blog posts in like a month and i will tell you that at the end of that month like i can churn them out i'll be writing like two or three in one morning because i'm so used to it i have so much practice during that month that by the end like i am rocking and rolling so definitely make sure that you are practicing your craft so that you will get better and also because it makes it easier so be consistent and be consistent for yourself and number four is the advice you don't want me to tell you and that is be patient patient. This is a long road. It's not something that's going to be done quickly. Unfortunately, it's something you're going to have to work at and kind of do day in and day out. It is a long-term investment. It's a good one, but it's still a long-term investment. So don't go into this thinking like, oh, I'm going to make a blog and then like tomorrow I'm going to make a million dollars. No, no. You need to like put some effort into it and really build up those blogs, really work on that marketing and getting people to your blog and all that good stuff. All right, friends. So that is blogging for beginners. If you have any other blogging questions, I would love it if you left them down below in the comments. I talked about a ton of different things in this video, so definitely click the description box to check out the links to the blogging playlist, to the free blogging email sequence, to the other videos that I mentioned that hopefully I'm going to remember and all that good stuff. If you enjoyed this, please make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss any other content and I will see you guys next time. Bye. Really? <laughs>